I got a brand new sweetie, better than the one before. Oh, she's got everything and a little bit more. Hello, friends, and welcome to another mini episode of Additional History Headlines You Probably Missed. I'm your host, Tiffany Clark. And you know I love doing these mini-episodes because I don't have to follow the same rules that I follow when doing my full episodes. Instead of picking an extremely famous date from history, and then only telling you what else was happening that day, I get to pick a completely random story I like that maybe isn't even that famous or historical, and that rarely has anything to do with big moments in history. Today's mini-episode is kind of attached to this week's full episode that was released on Monday. In that episode, I talked about both the Great Chicago Fire and the Peshtigo, Wisconsin Fire, which was the deadliest fire in U.S. history. While I was working on that episode, another crazy fire story kept coming to my mind. But this fire wasn't started in the Midwest in 1871 like the other two I talked about. Nope. This fire started almost a hundred years later, in 1962. And you know what? This fire has never been put out. It's been nearly 60 years and it's still burning. Friends, this is the story of the Centralia coal mine fire. In 1962, Centralia, Pennsylvania was a small town in Columbia County where many of the residents made a living by working at one of the nearby coal mines. The town formed when people started moving into the area in the mid-1880s to mine all the coal that was being discovered. In the 1850s, railroad lines were built into town to haul the coal, and with the arrival of the railroad, more and more mines were opened, which meant more and more people and more and more businesses. In 1866, Centralia was officially incorporated as a town, and by the 1890s, Centralia's population reached its peak at close to 2,800 residents. But as the world entered a new century, coal production started to decline. World War I didn't help the situation because a lot of mine workers left to go fight in the war instead. Then, when things looked like they might turn around, multiple strikes from coal mining unions wreaked havoc on the industry and production. Along with a decline in coal mining came a decline in the population of Centralia. It took a few decades, but by 1962, the year our incident began, the population was half what it was at the turn of the century. Okay, now that you know a little bit of background about Centralia, let's jump into the story of their fire. The official date I picked for this episode is May 27, 1962, because that's the day the fire started. But the fire didn't make headlines that day, or the next day, or the next day, or for many, many days. You see, it wasn't a big deal, yet. When trying to find a good headline to share with you, I found many stories of fires in Centralia that year, including one in February in which six homes were affected and 21 people were left homeless. In July, there was another big fire affecting six or seven homes. That one was most likely caused by arson. But, try as I might, the first mention of their big fire that I could find in the newspapers available to me was three months later in August of 1962. This headline comes from the Pottsville Republican out of Pottsville, Pennsylvania. It says, Ask quick bids to put out fire idling mines. The article mentions that 140 men were out of work because 
30 mines in the area were temporarily shut down due to a fire in Centralia. They were looking for bids from someone that could put the fire out. And that was about all the article had to say. Since little attention was paid to the fire in the beginning, I'm going to take a lot of my info from Legends of America and History.com. Okay, it's time to answer your burning questions. Pun intended. What happened? How did the fire start? Why is it still burning? What was burning? In 1962, just like in many other cities and towns across the country, the Centralia garbage dump wasn't looking so good. The odor permeated the air, and not just around the landfill itself. The smell spread through town. And the garbage dump was infested with rats. There was a lot of garbage being dumped, and the allotted landfill space was quickly filling up. People were dumping their trash in other illegal dumps around town, and it just wasn't looking good. At the time, some city dumps would bury garbage and let it decompose for many years, and some dumps would dig a pit, put the garbage in, and then they'd burn the garbage before burying it. The decomposition happened much quicker that way. Centralia city officials decided they wanted the dump to be cleaned up and looking better in time for Memorial Day activities in town. You see, the city's garbage dump was located in an old strip mining pit, and the pit's next-door neighbor was one of the town cemeteries. The town decided to use the burn method to reduce the garbage in the pit, and five volunteer firemen arrived on May 27, 1962. They lit the giant mound of garbage on fire. And they figured it would burn for a while, and then when most of the garbage was burned up, it would die off or they'd just put it out with water. Now, they weren't careless. They had people keeping an eye on the fire to make sure it didn't spread or get out of control in any way. And as the men watched the pile of trash get smaller and smaller, they started to use water to put out the flames. So far, everything was going according to their plans. The dump would be ready for Memorial Day. But two days later, on May 29th, fires started popping up in the pit again. They doused them with water and probably didn't think that much of it. But before long, more fires started. Every time they would put one out, another would flare up. Days passed, and then weeks passed, and little fires were still popping up in the garbage pit. Finally, fire investigators were brought in to figure out why they couldn't get the fire to give up and die. The fire investigators poked around and did a little digging, and lo and behold, they discovered a hole in the pit that nobody knew about. That hole led directly to some old coal mine tunnels that ran underneath the town. The fire had gotten into the tunnels and was burning all the leftover coal. Right away, the fire investigators knew it was going to take more than just a little bit of water sprayed on the area to get the fires to stop burning. Their next idea was to flood the tunnels with water and then cover up the access points with clay to smother the flames. Without air, surely the fire would die, right? With a new solution in place, they set to work fulfilling their plan. And it seemed to be working. The number of visible fires became fewer and fewer. But the townspeople insisted they could still smell smoke as if the fires were still burning. Remember, the town of Centralia was built on top of all the coal mine tunnels. It didn't take long for people to realize that they could smell the smoke because the coal underneath their homes and businesses was burning. Officials tested the smoke-filled air and discovered that the carbon monoxide was so high it had reached toxic, unsafe levels. The city knew they needed more help, so that's when they started asking for bids, like in the article with the headline I read you earlier. 
They wanted companies to come in and put the fire out for them. Many things were tried, including digging the coal tunnels back out to expose the fire and have easier access to it. But that idea was a bust too. There was so much earth that had to be moved to get to the tunnels in the first place that the project quickly ran out of funding and had to be shut down. Someone else proposed the idea to flush out the tunnels with a mixture of ground-up rocks and water. That idea might have worked, but extremely cold temperatures arrived, and the water lines that were supposed to shoot the water into the tunnels froze solid. Just like the previous plan, that project was stopped when they ran out of money. By this point, officials knew that the fire had spread at least 700 feet, but the inconvenience of toxic smoke and the constant smell of it in the air in town might not have been the biggest problem. You see, with the coal burning, the coal mines couldn't operate. They had to temporarily shut down until the fires were put out. After this went on for months, the coal mines started to shut down permanently. With their jobs gone, a lot of people started moving out to find work somewhere else. Centralia was dying. Despite all the efforts and all the hope the residents of Centralia had, the fire just kept burning and burning and burning. Finally, in 1966, four years after the fire started, the railroads that used to haul all the coal gave up and stopped going to the area. There was just no point to it. They even went so far as to pull up the railroad tracks. Even with all of the writing on the wall, if you will, people continued to live and work in Centralia for years. I don't know if those people thought it wasn't a serious problem or if they loved their town so much they didn't care that it could kill them, but people continued to live there. I believe it was some of both things. In 1980, 14 years after the fire started, there were still 1,000 people living in town. The year before that, the mayor of the town, who just happened to own a local gas station, stuck a large dipstick down into one of the station's gas tanks to test how high the gas level was. But when he brought the dipstick back up, he thought it seemed kind of warm. He decided to lower a thermometer down into the tank to test his theory. Yep, the gasoline was at a temperature of 172 degrees Fahrenheit. That's more than double the recommended storage temperature of gasoline. The ground temperature in some areas of town reached 900 degrees Fahrenheit. Then, when a 12-year-old boy fell into a giant sinkhole that suddenly opened up in his backyard in Centralia, people around the country and the state finally started to take notice. Luckily, they were able to get the boy out, and he survived, but hot steam poured out of the sinkhole, and when the discharge was tested, it was said to be emitting a lethal amount of carbon monoxide. More sinkholes opened up, some basements began to fill with dangerous gases, Houses began to tilt on their foundations, and in the town cemeteries, some of the graves were sinking deeper and deeper into the ground. Some of the graves had completely disappeared. With all the new attention to the problem, the government got involved and set aside $42 million to help relocate the citizens of Centralia. It was time to shut the town down. Most of the residents took the government's offer and moved away. But, no surprise, there were a few holdouts. By 1990, almost 30 years after the fire started, 63 residents still lived in town. In 1992, the governor condemned all the buildings and houses in town and the road leading into town. Route 61 was shut down and rerouted. 
The U.S. Postal Service discontinued the Centralia zip code officially in 2002. By 2010, only 10 residents remained. But they weren't going anywhere. They sued the government and won, getting hundreds of thousands for their homes and for other settlements. The idea of leaving the town wasn't even an option in their minds. Some residents could trace their ancestry back for many generations, back to the earliest days of the town. Those who won the lawsuit were allowed to stay in their homes. But there was a stipulation. The settlement said that they could live in their homes until they died, but they could not sell or give away their home. When they are gone, so is the right of anyone to live there. The remaining buildings and homes in town have mostly been demolished or nature has taken them over. Despite the small number of people still living in Centralia, the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, a big beautiful building, still operates today without any intent to stop. The old route, Route 61, became known as Graffiti Highway, and even though both ends of the road were blocked by huge piles of dirt, it didn't stop people from walking into the area. And as the people came, they would leave their marks on the road. The road was visited by everyone from photographers to mountain bikers, skaters to ghost hunters, and ATV riders to partiers. And since the 2006 movie Silent Hill was inspired by the area, the site brought in horror fans too. This went on for decades. But a year ago, in April of 2020, the old, buckled, completely graffitied highway was covered up. A coal company currently owns the property and they were tired of the litter and didn't want to be held liable if someone got hurt out there. As soon as area residents and fans caught wind of the company's plan, they started a petition to stop it. They wanted the stretch of road to be designated as a historical landmark. They quickly got 30,000 signatures, but with very little warning and the world paying attention to the COVID-19 outbreak, there was nothing they could do, and one of the last remnants of the town is now gone forever. I'll share a picture of that highway along with other photos of Centralia in the additional history headlines you probably missed Facebook group. So, just how long is the Centralia coal fire expected to burn? Experts estimate that even though it's been burning for almost 60 years, it will take 250 years for it to burn itself out. The fire isn't even a third of the way finished. As the fire moves deeper and deeper into the earth, the ground is no longer hot all the time, but wisps of smoke can still be seen here and there around town and probably always will. And Centralia is not alone. There are other coal mine fires burning around the world. Heck, there are even other coal fires burning in Pennsylvania. But thankfully, the others haven't been quite as devastating as the one in Centralia. Friends, Thanks for joining me for a story about the Centralia coal mine fire. I've been intrigued by that fire for many years. Join me this coming Monday for another full episode of the podcast and a historical date that you might have witnessed yourself. Talk to you later.